Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Anyways Back to the Godfather. Welcome to March Madness. Lauren and I have been talking a lot about this episode and we keep being like, mm, we need to make it the most like special place where we're not going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> the best conditions. Yeah, possible. exactly. Thank you. <laughs> we're not off to a great start. I uh, almost died today. That is like a little tongue in cheek. But I almost choked. <laughs> like, I was silent choking today on, and oh, on my no. lunch break. It's okay. It was a little terrifying, but it was, uh, I'm kind of infamous at Flame Tree for always ordering the plant-based sausage. And today, just like Brutus to Caesar, because today is the Ides of March, A2 PBI. Oh my gosh. But I'm here, we're alive, we're gonna record. But I guess this is just my excuse that if my top picks don't make it through, it's because I've been through a harrowing experience today. So (laughs) I think we both just picked 32 movies. 32 animated films. Yeah. The IMDb rating, the Rotten Tomato score, and I think the Google score. Mm. So that determined the seating. And it's like a little bit. I know that there's going to be some rough matches from the get-go. So the rules are, we're going to talk about each one and try and come to an agreement. If we can't, we each have three, like, I don't want to say trump cards, but... (laughs) Power power moves. Power moves that uh, we get to choose who goes goes on. The first person to do it... has poisoned poisoned that word forever. I know. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) The first person to play their power move uh, during that, like, individual matchup gets it. So, like, if Lauren goes, I couldn't automatically be, like, power move on you. And we can't use them in the final matchup. So, we'll see how this goes. And I think also we should clarify that we're trying to pick, like, the podcast. Are we going to say favorite or the podcast best? Because I think that will be, like, pretty crucial in determining, like, hey, I may personally love this film more, but I can concede on, like, these technical points that this one can go forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think if it were our favorite, then it would not go well. Okay, <laughs> so, so we're going to say podcast we best. Say yes. Okay. Okay, so um, here we go. So the first matchup is Grave of the Fireflies versus the Bee Movie. I think I chose both of these ones. I think you did too. I'm voting for the Grave of the Fireflies. I'll also vote for Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. The Bee Movie because. is better than I expected, but... Yeah, it's the B movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a meme. <laughs> and Grave of the Fireflies is really like meaningful and beautiful. So sad. Yes, there's so much there. Okay. Next matchup is Shrek versus Emperor's New Groove. This one feels pretty easy for me. Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, same. How can you be Emperor's New Groove? Which it did have a slightly lower seating, but in our hearts. Never. All right, next is number five seed, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse versus number 12 seed, Hercules. Oh, this one's hard for me. I'm voting for Spider-Man. Oh, man. See, I, I think I would vote for Hercules. So here we go. Our first, our first matchup. 
Tell me your reasons for Spider-Man. Spider-Man was so different than any other film, but especially any other superhero film. Like, um, well, it's an animated superhero film, first of all, and Mm -hmm. in the era of, like, Marvel hero stuff. The way it poked fun at, like, previous Spider-Man movies and brought in elements from those, all of the iterations of Spider-Man was so creative. And it featured a black Spider-Man, which Mm -hmm. had not been done before. So it's really important, like, culturally, I think. Yeah, and I just, the animation is so unique, but so interesting and Mm eye-catching. And it's just so funny. Like, I, and heart-wrenching. I'll cry in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so sad. Points for Hercules. The soundtrack alone makes me just want to always pick this one. Like, I think this is one of my very favorite Disney soundtracks. Um, It's probably one of my very favorite Disney movies. I often say, like, isn't the swirling connection with Mulan and Lion King is is my top um, favorite Disney film. So I don't know that I'm going to let it go without a fight. (laughs) I was going to say, like, Spider-Man, even though it is, like, a, a fresh take on the superhero, like, it is still pretty tropey and and like it's self-aware in that I think and Hercules is like incredibly tropey as well as the hero's journey right but I just I love Meg I feel like she is such a standout female lead Hades is like one of the best Disney villains Pain and Panic you got the muses like go the distance I don't know there's just Hercules is like one of my top favorite animated films of all time um, I do love Hercules, and yeah, Alan Macon, I've been thinking about him so much and <laughs> thinking about these movies, and just, yeah. what a star, Alan. We could, we also can, can move on and come back around. I feel like I might need to sit with this one and think about it for a little bit longer. Okay. All right, next uh, matchup is Lion King, number four seed, versus Treasure Planet, number 13 seed. It breaks my heart to not move Treasure Planet forward. But Lion King is Lion King. Yeah. Like, you can't compare those two. I'm sorry, but it is such a beautiful movie. So meaningful and important in my life. Treasure Planet is important in my life as well, but not in the same way that Lion King has been. Yeah, agree. I really like Treasure Planet a lot more than I expected to when we watched it in college, and I think it's definitely something that a lot of people sleep on and they shouldn't, but Lion King, for sure. But go watch Treasure Planet. (laughs) Yes. Um, Number six seed of Fantastic Mr. Fox versus number 11 seed of Princess and the Frog. This is a hard matchup, and ah. I have an easy answer, though. (gasps) Tell me. I'm doing Fantastic Mr. Fox, of yeah. course. That doesn't surprise me. Watching, if we hadn't just watched it for Film Club, I'd be like, no, I'm going to fight for Princess and the Frog so hard. Like, I do have a much greater appreciation for it now that it makes it harder. I, I would vote for Princess and the Frog just because it's the last um, Disney animated film that is 2D, not 3D. I think it's incredible in the music. Um, I love Tiana. I love the characters in it. Um, however, I like again. I, it's one of my favorite films. I do think people herald it as such great rep, um, representation, which it is. But also, they spend 
most of the movie as frogs, which is unfortunate. And again, I'm not trying to say it's not a good movie because I love it. But as far as like, this is the reason it should go on. I love Princess and the Frog. And I will concede. We'll let Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox go on. Oh, good. <laughs> I do. I, I just watched Princess and the Frog on Sunday and I was like, I wish Disney would still do this. Like, yeah. still be creative and yes, oh, and come up with these beautiful movies yes. with, like, these villains that... Yes, Dr. Dr. Facilier. Oh, so good. And, like, it's Mama Odie, the music. Mm-hmm. She's so funny. Oh, my gosh. I need to watch and her Ray, again. Ray oh. <laughs> my name, Raymond. I love Princess and the Frog. That's a hard one to see go out. In the that first one round. is really hard. But yeah, I'm, we've talked about Fantastic Mr. Fox so much. Yeah. All right, number three, Finding Nemo versus number 14, Curious George. <laughs> this is going to be real hard for you. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. It just, I mean, like, it, it's hard to see one yeah. of these go out so early. My baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll choose Finding Nemo to go on yeah. in this matchup. All right, number seven, Isle of Dogs versus number ten, Shrek Two. Mm. <laughs> um, once again, I'm going to go for the Wes Anderson. Yes, I just recently watched Shrek Two, and it doesn't quite hold up like I thought it would. Like, oh really? <laughs> I still really enjoyed it, but there was a lot that I was like, oh, you know. It was a lot better in my memory. And with that said, like, I still really love it. I think it's better than the original Shrek. Um, And I, like, wasn't giving it my full attention, too. So maybe that uh, has something to do with it. However, it's been a while since I watched Isle of Dogs. And I don't know. I I feel like I got to fight a little bit more for Shrek, too. And here (laughs) is the Dark Magician, as they used to say on (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh!, As a deep cut. <laughs> it has an E.T. reference. I already knew that. I know, but I'm saying you're going to let this movie that Harold's... Actually, when I was watching it, there were like five movie references in quick succession. I was like, I kind of want to watch it with you again just because I get all of these movie references now. Whereas when I was little, I was like, went over my head. But Yeah. When I watched it with my brothers, I did have a... Oh, okay. Yeah, like, you did just watch it. A freak it. out moment. But, but I still think this, like, the soundtrack is so good. I love the soundtrack. I think the characters are so funny. I love Prince Charming. I love Rupert Everett. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have Isle of Dogs, I guess. Isle of Dogs is, it's so creative. My favorite part is when they're making sushi. It's just yes. the most beautiful animation. Stop motion animation. And, I, and this is one I want to watch again soon. Me like, too. I haven't seen it for a while. And I love dogs so much. Yes. And it has um, Jeff Goldblum. So, yes, star cast right here. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, this next matchup, I think, was in last year's March Madness. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a real unfortunate. You <laughs> had to go through it twice. Number two, Toy Story versus number 15, Pocahontas. This one's hard for me. I would choose Toy Story. Because I think I'd pick Pocahontas. Are you serious? I mean, if as we're going to talk about it, like, I think Toy Story is the more important film. It's the first one of Pixar. It's the first, you know, mm-hmm. CGI. But our birth year. Oh, wait, our, maybe Pocahontas. They're, they're both. Pocahontas has a lot against it as well, right? Like, it's it's historically 
problematic and I think we can like we recognize that while also heralding its amazing music yeah a story yeah and the fictional character of Pocahontas that they have is like a wonderful person even though she doesn't represent all Native Americans and we'll probably we've we've said that we maybe would talk about like some Mm -hmm. of these historical medical tropes at one point so that's to be seen in the future but the biggest issue I have with Toy Story and this is me saying this with a great love that I have for it that it's so funny that it's like a, a big part of my childhood and and adulthood whatever I just, they don't have great female leads. And this is, like, a big problem with a lot of Pixar films. All and Pixar, yeah. Yeah, minus, I mean, Bugs Life does the have new a, ones. Yeah, new one. Like, that is one reason I do love Bugs Life, uh, especially, is because they do have, like, a, a wider cast of different genders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear that thunder? <laughs> there's going to oh. be, there's intense thunderstorms passing over me right now. But luckily oh, I'm, I'm glad you're indoors. I'm indoors and I'm outside of the uh, tornado warning area. So we're good. Oh, yikes. <laughs> but um, sorry for incidental thunder you may hear. So I will say that is something against Toy Story, but we'll go, we'll go ahead with it. Toy Story And Pocahontas on. is the female lead. Yeah, she's she amazing. An icon. She she's is. She's my hero. And John Smith. And John Smith. But I think I, yeah, and now that you've said that, I, th- I do remember talking about it and just how Toy Story has been a part of my life constantly. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas, I watched it when I was a kid. I pretended to be John Smith tied to a stick when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Looking dramatically into the light. For the amount of times that we have talked about Pocahontas, both on this podcast and in real life, you have never told me that. I just recently remembered, like, I would put my hands behind my back against the ladder for our bunk bed, and I'd, like, look dramatically off into the light. (laughs) And I remember wishing that I had a grandmother willow and stuff. Um... But yeah, it's big. It's become more important to me in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Whereas Toy Story has been like every sibling I've had has gone through Toy Story phase where we've watched it every day. Yeah, and yeah. I've had it memorized at different times in my life, and it's just such a classic. Yeah, and I definitely did grow up with Pocahontas. Like my sisters loved it, and. I like loved the music always and would act it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, yeah, um, they're like running off the cliff at the very beginning. We would reenact that every year at the pool. So, <laughs> the swimming pool. Uh huh. <laughs> I do. Pocahontas' music is better. Yes. Again, Alan, take that, Alan Randy. Versus Doomin. Randy. <laughs> that would Alan be fun. That would be a fun, uh, I don't know, maybe a bracket, maybe an episode, a breakdown of different Disney composers. Moving on to our next region, it's Wallace and Gromit and The Wrong Trousers, which is a number one. Oh! So again, this was based off of ratings, so that was highly ranked. And then this one hurts my heart. Number 16, see Digimon the movie. (laughs) Digimon didn't make it very far. It did not, and it breaks my heart for it to go out so soon. I would probably pick this Wallace and Gromit. I mean, I don't... Favorites Rise, 100% Digimon movie. Best 
animated film, it's gonna have to go to the wrong trousers just because that's the one with the penguin, right? Mm-hmm. Like I that was my favorite of the three you showed me. It's so fun. Um it's not super long. I highly recommend everyone go mm-hmm. watch it. But it might be on Netflix. Lest Catherine and Elizabeth come after me with pitchforks. This is not me saying <laughs> that I don't love Digimon the movie because it is so good and I love it forever. Um, I have seen the Digimon movie. I rem- I know I've seen it at least two times. Hmm. I remember my mom having book group or something in our- the front room of our apartment. And so we got to put the little TV in our room and watch Digimon. <laughs> Just me and Caleb. Oh my gosh, it's so, and so good. There's some good memories there, but I-, I admit I don't remember very much about it. I mean, and if you didn't watch the TV series, like... It might be a bit difficult as well, but let me tell you, I, if I didn't already text a quote from it, an inspirational quote from it just this month, <laughs> and also another great soundtrack there. Mm, Digimon the movie. So Digimon, good. Digimon, little monsters. Rest in peace, Digimon. Oh, gone too soon. <laughs> you had a good run then. All right. Number eight, Mulan. Number nine, Encanto. This is pretty obvious for me same Mulan Mulan yeah not to say Encanto is really great Mulan does have that nostalgia factor for it for sure but I also just feel like ah, I don't know I just Mulan is like literally one of my favorite Disney characters and the score speaking of the female protagonist yeah yeah exactly Mulan is such a hero such a like I just Such thought a about role model. Yes, I just thought about when everyone bows to her at the end, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And I love so Encanto, but I can't think of a scene that will like inspire that big of an emotional reaction from me. So and Mushu, like who can compare to Mushu in yeah. Encanto? Like Bruno's funny, I guess, but he's not Mushu, right? And Encanto tackles a lot of they're they're both very different films. You know, they're not trying to achieve the same means Mm -hmm. but uh yeah Mulan that's an easy one for me Mulan yep all right oh no (laughs) we've come across one that I I don't know it will be illegal for us to use our power moves because we're no I want to use my power moves (laughs) I have been planning (laughs) I have been planning on saying I want to use my power move the minute you announce the two films (laughs) because i i I will not back down okay well we have to just give our reasons and then we'll see okay yeah 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 i'll present my arguments okay (laughs) i mean going into this i already was planning on conceding just for the record but i will i i will give one of my power moves for this okay okay heard Um, this is number five, Beauty and the Beast, versus number 12, Prince of Egypt, which I just have to say, I feel like these are both films that are important to both of us and have been, like, throughout our lives, but I feel like mm-hmm. recently we have both become very obsessed with. Yeah. So it's it's a very, it's hard that these two met in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Beauty and the Beast is the one I'm picking and you're picking Prince of Egypt. No. Um, Beauty and the Beast Wrong. Is, a, is a great film. I do really like it. I think Belle is a great character and it's very well done. 
Prince of Egypt has just become such a soul film for me. Uh, the music has always meant so much to me. And like, I think it's been something on a like an animated like movie enjoyment scale. And then also just like a religious side where like, it's so spiritual for me to it's like such a, a spiritual experience when I watch it and the music, the scoring, ugh, like everything about it. And <laughs> I, I made Deb watch it with me last summer and I was like, I could pause this. Like we could watch two minutes and I could pause it and like just go on and on about like the animation <laughs> or like this conversation piece or the acting choice. Like there's so much about it that I just absolutely love. And it's a star-studded cast, but it just works so well. And it's been so fun to grow up and like realize who is who and kind of piece that together. And, you know, obviously Rafe Fiennes is in it, so that doesn't hurt anything. <laughs> but truly like this is probably top 10, maybe top five favorite films right now. Like I just love this one so much. Um, and I do love Prince of Egypt. Um, it's not one that I really grew up with. Oh, really? I remember watching it at like my cousin's uncle's house like it wasn't even my relative (laughs) i remember seeing the hieroglyph scene with the babies Mm, and leaving i was like this is not my kind of movie bye (laughs) babies are dying bye (laughs) like uh, this is the girl that my mom fast forwarded mufasa's death like this is not something that i (laughs) would handle um but I think when I lived with Kate Hales, we watched it a few times. Okay. Like, in the same month. <laughs> we oh, watched it a few so times. good. And it was just so good. And, like, Deliver Us became mm-hmm. such an anthem for yes. the semester that I was in. And But Beating the Beast, and I have been, ever since you texted me that these two were matching up, and you were like, oh, this is easy. I'm going to choose Prince of Egypt. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> No, <laughs> I've been reading up on all the. Oh. Not really. <laughs> Can but, you like pull out your plan for <laughs> reasons why? Um, paragraph A. <laughs> Beating the Beast was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. Only one of three to be nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Three songs nominated for Best Song. One Best Score. Shall I pull out all of its nominations? <laughs> this IMDb review says perfection, and I oh, agree. my gosh. <laughs> Alan Mankin. Alan and Howard. And Howard Ashman. Such a power duo. It's just so magical. Like, it takes you into this different world, and it doesn't have such a star-studded cast. Like, it has Angela Lansbury. Like, the other people, what other movies are they in? Like, I don't even... Age O'Hara? I mean, she's, like, from Broadway. What else is she in? Yeah. This is, so, and the, like, this is the era of Disney casting, like, actual singers instead of celebrity mm-hmm. voices. But that's something I really like about it, is that I can watch it and just be totally immersed in the movie and not be like, oh, yeah, I love that guy. Or, like, mm-hmm. and that's usually why I love movies, is because I'm like, I love this actor. Mm-hmm. But this is one that I just love the movie as a whole, not because of anyone in particular. Um, and yeah, it's been, I loved this when I was little and I love it now. And I'm glad that you are <laughs> not going to make this more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, because it's like in my heart, 
Prince of Egypt is an obvious winner, but it's a I will yes. allow it for for this podcast specific. best. Podcast best, I will allow it. Uh, number four, The Iron Giant versus number 13, Megamind. This is one I don't really have any uh, hold on either that I, I feel strongly about. I feel like The Iron Giant is important for animation history because it's Brad Bird and Canvas First, and I think the animation style is really cool. Megamind does come from like this powerhouse DreamWorks company, but it's like one that a lot of people sleep on, and I think I like watched a video that talked a lot about it recently and so I'm kind of swayed to like Megamind is like really like kind of ahead of its time and very unique and original and I love Tina Fey and Will Ferrell so I really appreciate it just because of you and finding Bernard on Halloween in the library. <laughs> oh my what special boy. <laughs> um, I am shook that Iron Giant is ranked four. I know. Like, I did not People think love it, was it. that awesome. Um, I, I'm definitely going to pick Megamind. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was in my movie alphabet as I think one it of was. my favorite M's. Oh. So, yeah. It's just so funny. Yeah. And, and it's so meaningful. Like, mm-hmm. it's about changing and... Oh, it's so good. I could watch it every week and not get sick of it. <laughs> oh, no. All right, this one's hard. The six, number six is The Secret of Kells, and number 11, Anastasia. This one is hard. This one hurts me because I think The Secret of Kells animation and story-wise, like, is so innovative and fun, and it has Mad-Eye Moody in it, which is always a plus. Oh, I forgot about him. (laughs) I love, I just love the stylistic choices that they made. Mm-hmm. And, like, how it's based and rooted in art history and Irish folklore and, I don't know, the just, like, the whole style of it is so cool. And Anastasia points against it real fast, like, historically completely inaccurate. And that's kind of all that I have going against it because I love <laughs> this movie so much. Like, Rasputin <laughs> is such a wild villain. So and I love scary. him. And... The music is so good. It is like one of my biggest comfort movies and it, one of my favorite movies of all time. And I will fight for it. <laughs> I don't have like a super strong opinion about either of them. Okay. I do love Secret of Cows, especially this time of year. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I feel horrible. <laughs> and it's so it. beautiful. Like, the way they portray light, mm-hmm. it just, like, jumps off the screen. It's so beautiful. I feel like the story's a little odd. It is. I, and it's been a while since I've seen it. You're gonna let me decide this one, is that right? Yeah, I'll let you decide. Okay, you know Anastasia's moving on. Okay. I do, yeah, I love Anastasia. I think there's this weird kind of CGI feel to it. Yes, like I were... love it. <laughs> that was one of the things I was gonna bring up on Prince of Egypt. Oh, but yeah. I also realized that Beauty and the Beast had some too, like with the mm-hmm. ballroom. Oh, the ballroom yeah. Scene. And then also when the chandelier comes down and be our guest and there's the forks going like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They are a little freaky. There is that something about some that, like, 90s CGI late right eight, there. Like 80s, 90s, where it's the blend between 2D and 3D that I love. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I love it so much. And that's Treasure Planet, too. Treasure yes. Planet's really good at that. 
it's so good. It's like terrible animation that doesn't really age well, but I am obsessed <laughs> with it. <laughs> Dink. <laughs> okay, number three, How to Train Your Dragon versus number fourteen, Flushed Away, which I had to oh. watch last week. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting... so glad this is what How to Train Your Dragon has to compete. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Flushed Away was, like, pretty much what I expected it to be, and I watched it on two times speed, which I think made it more palatable. <laughs> I laughed a lot more than I expected to, but it's a clear winner um, in my mind of How to Train Your Dragon. What? It's going on. Flush. Oh, I thought you just <laughs> said... <laughs> Flushed Away is like, a clear winner in I was my like, mind. excuse me. <laughs> no. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon is such a beautiful movie mm-hmm. about being kind to animals and not being, like, stuck in the rut of your society and, like, reaching out and changing. It's just so beautiful. And Hiccup yeah. is so relatable. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I need to watch it again. This is another one where the music is I was just... going to say. Yeah, Flushed Away, I watched it. Just so weird. It really is. And and it's, it's... Yeah, it the pacing is off, so I'm glad you watched it on two times speed. Um I watched it in two parts. The okay. second part I finished it after I came home from a twelve hour shift at IMC and it was hilarious all of a sudden. <laughs> like the first half I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. And then the second half I was dying in my bed. I was like <laughs> This is so funny. I so, feel like it gets better the the more you watch it. Like every time the yeah. slugs reappear, I really was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few quotes that I was like, <laughs> that's going in my favorite quotes. <laughs> like what? <laughs> when he's talking to his little tadpole son, and his little tadpole says, "I wrote it on my letterbox, but it says like." Is this the great amphibian dawn dad? <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I love that frog guy. He was, he was so great. Funny. Wasn't he Michael Gambon or somebody? Or maybe he's um No, I think it's Gandalf. Ian McKellen. Oh my gosh, Bill Nye, he's whitey. <laughs> he's the white guy. <laughs> the whole time I was like, "Who? Where is Bill Nye? When is he going to show up?" He like, <laughs> doesn't really talk. I would have never. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it does not hold a candle to how to change your No, my favorite part was when he was like, "Something's my middle name." I forgot the word he said, and the like henchman is like, I "Thought it was Leslie." I died. <laughs> I was like, this is so stupid, and I'm laughing so hard at it. <laughs> oh. it. Yeah, it definitely gets better if you're more tired. Yeah. <laughs> more willing to laugh. The stupidity gets to you, yeah. All right. Number seven, Fantasia versus number ten, Kung Fu Panda. I know you have strong- my power move! Oh my gosh, no! Oh, yeah. I, okay, you're supposed to use your power move after we've debated and we've come to okay, loggerhead okay. because you Recent. shouldn't waste it. You should not waste it on this one. Recent. Because I was going to say, I know you have strong feelings about this, and while I think Fantasia deserves a lot of recognition for what Walt was trying to do and the power at play in between what you hear and what you can see and like the ways that he tried to bring classical music to the forefront and just like 
Fantasia is really boring to watch if you're going to watch <laughs> for a plot, right? But like mm-hmm. if you're going to go in and you're going to watch and you're going to like try and figure out what Walt was trying to do and how he was trying to play with sound and how novel that was for the time. Um, it's like so important, I think, on that level. However, it was like a huge failure at the box office and <laughs> the kids really... were like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, not really remembered, but like. I love, I think there's some really great segments in Fantasia. Sorcerer Mickey alone, like that segment is so important to Disney history. Mm-hmm. Like, visual display of what's happening auditorially, question mark? Is that a word? Um, yeah, anyway, so sure. Fantasia, people really hate on it and really sleep on it. Not to say there isn't incredibly racist parts in the original version that have kind of since been edited out and that it isn't problematic in other ways, but it does deserve a little bit more attention than I think it's typically due. But I will, I will say Kung Fu Panda is allowed to go on, but give your arguments for Kung Fu Panda. Like, every time I watch this, I gain a new spiritual insight, but it is such, I don't know why it just connects with me so much, but every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to write that in my journal. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, it's so wholesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's got this level of like idiotic humor, you know, and Jack Black, just some great quotes. And uh, this is also on our uh, movie alphabet. It was my number one pick for K. Mm-hmm. So I won't go into it so much, but I just love it so much. So I probably just need to watch it with you to like get this yeah. whole experience. I'll watch it with you again. But and I- this is probably my favorite role of James Hong. Is that his name? Mm, yeah. Um, I also love him in Mulan, but this, he's just like over the top goofy. Like he's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Mr. And Ping. Yes. Um, that is Poe's dad. <laughs> For those of you who may not <laughs> or know not. Him. <laughs> Um, I love uh, Master Uguay, I think because of you. Like yes. the, when I was watching it, I was like, my favorite scenes are the Master Uguay scenes. So Number two, Wally versus number 15, Dinosaur. Um, Wally. <laughs> I think, well, like, I don't have, no, I guess I feel pretty strongly that Wally should move Wait, on. Dinosaur, dinosaur just, or the good dinosaur? No, Dinosaur from 2000. What do you mean you don't have strong feelings? Well, I was going to say, like, I, I enjoy Wally, but it's not, like, one of my favorite. Pixar films is where I was going with that, and then I remembered what Dinosaur was, and I was like, oh yeah, 100% Wally needs to move on. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dinosaur is one of the worst films in the world. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate what they were trying to do, but it is terrible. <laughs> number one, Spirited Away versus number 16, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. This is really hard. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, I'm obviously going to pick Spirited Away. Yeah. Because it it's a very special movie. Yes. Very impressive. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. I hope they have nods to it in the new Lightyear movie. But it is very well-renowned in the Monson family household. <laughs> All right. Number eight, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves versus number nine, Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to go ahead and say my pick is Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. Yay! No, no, I just was agreeing that, yes, I knew that would be your pick. (laughs) This is hard for me because while I may enjoy 
the plot of Wreck-It Ralph more. It was not one of my favorite films. Like, I don't, I think it's, it's creative and entertaining, but it's just not one that, like, I really resonated, it really resonated with me. And not to say that Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is, like, one of my favorite films, but I just think, like, it started it all. Like, we wouldn't have Disney without Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and the first, like, American full-length animated feature. It was supposed to fail. All these things, like, I don't know if we're gonna go with best. Like, I gotta pick Snow White over, over Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> are you, are you not gonna concede? No, I'm not going to concede because Snow White is so historically important and it's the first animated feature film, right? Yeah. So that's really important, but I just can't. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, I think, again, it was one of my movie alphabets of W's. It's just very, it makes me cry every time. And I think the uh, Ralph, for some reason, really resonates with me. And I love Calhoun and Felix. I love Fix-It Felix. <laughs> I want to marry Fix-It Felix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to cycle back to this one because I just think, like, best. I don't think Wreck-It Ralph is, is better in this in this lens than Snow White. So, Okay, I, we can come back. Okay, we'll cycle back around to it. Nightmare Before Christmas, number five, versus Despicable Me, number 12. I really like Despicable Me. I think it's very funny. I think, like, the first one especially. The iterations of Minions and everything, not so much. The first one is really well done. However, Nightmare Before Christmas all the way. Like, (laughs) the animation and the story, like, its presence. Jack Skellington is one of my favorite Disney characters. I just love that movie so much, and every time I watch it, like, when I start watching it, I'm like, oh, I like this movie. And then when I watch it, I'm like, oh, I love this movie so much. How did I ever think I didn't love it? Like, I have an emotional reaction every time I watch it. It is very special to me. So, and, uh, like, beyond that, just being such a, an important piece of animation for, because it's not, it's technically not Tim Burton, it's Henry Selznick, but really led the, paved the way for a lot of Tim Burton-esque um, stop animation features, and I don't know, I think it's an incredibly brave film that they did, and something that Disney itself was afraid to be associated with, and then once it saw how it was, uh, well-received and had this cult following, it rebranded itself as a Disney picture, and... I think I personally, I would choose Despicable Me over Nightmare Before Christmas, just because that's more my vibe, right? Mm-hmm. I don't love the spooky. I love the funny. I love Steve Carell in this. I love the three kids and mm-hmm. how they win him over. He doesn't really change, but he does. His heart is softened. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And you also love Vector. Yes. <laughs> this is one that I need to watch again. Because mm-hmm. um, it's been a while and I do love it a lot. But I will concede to you for Nightmare Before Christmas because I think it is probably a better animated film. Yeah. Like I think I don't know, I just love stop motion. Yeah. It's just like, it's 
so mind-blowingly incredible so I think. impressive like, yes it takes so much work yeah um and then i think this is also well this is a movie that terrified me <laughs> and i have had multiple nightmares about it oh. um and i don't i didn't love that it became a disney movie like it doesn't feel like disney to me Sure. I mean, it, it was always a Disney movie. It just was released under their non-family f- branch. Oh, like, yeah. Like, uh, Michael Eisner created Touchstone Pictures to kind of release, like, R-rated films and, like, more, less Disney. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas rated R. rating <laughs> No. But he just was like, people aren't gonna like it. They're, like, it's gonna soil the Disney name. And then once you saw, like, oh, no, people do love it. And, like, People love heartedly yeah. embrace it, and so. so yeah, this is one that my mom's gonna be disappointed about. Oh, <laughs> conceding, <laughs> but I will and again, concede. that's just not to say like I do really like Despicable Me, and I think pre weird obsession with minions and all the awful sequels, I think it was like refreshing and hilarious. And like, I loved the minions before they became too numerous, <laughs> it was interesting like i feel like this movie and megamind and like wreck it ralph all kind of came out around the same time mm-hmm. and they're all that idea of like the villain maybe isn't the bad guy mm-hmm. and like exploring the villain's role but yeah and i love that i love that idea mm-hmm. all right next is number four soul next to number 13 robin hood and like obviously we're gonna pick robin hood obviously and i worry is this, I worry about the integrity of what we're doing. Like, <laughs> is Soul a better animated feature than Robin Hood? Probably. <laughs> but we're not going to move it on anyway. <laughs> no. I, mean, I always I, said about this being the best. I know. <laughs> I really liked Soul. I've only seen it once. I really want to rewatch it. I think about it, like, almost on a daily basis. Because wow. I feel like it came... Like, Disney movies have this really uncanny way of coming out at a time that I need them to. Like, and I think I've talked about this before. Soul came out in the winter of 2020, like, two months before the college program reopened. And it was this reckoning where I was like, I may never have a chance to pursue this dream. And in Soul, he gets to, spoilers if you haven't seen Soul yet, which you should go watch. He gets to do this lifelong dream that he had. And at the end of it, he's like, oh, I'm still, like, I'm still me. Like, I, I'm not, like, he was amazing, but my, like, kind of the most amazing parts of my life were these, like, really simple moments. And I just had this reckoning where I was like, I really want to do this dream, and it may never happen. And now that I'm, like, in Florida and closer than ever to pursuing this dream, I'm, like, constantly thinking about, like, home and the small simple moments and even though I'm still wanting to do this and I if I ever do get to kind of realize this I think it will be very impactful and it's worthwhile to pursue I like it's grounded me a lot more in being like I am who I am and and chasing your dreams is a good thing and it's not the end all be all so I think soul is this amazing movie about dreams and about life and it's existential crisis and something that Pixar does really well is kind of delve into these like heavier topics but no like no animated movie has really delved into 
like a, a pre-existence type thing or you know a, a pre-earth life-esque <laughs> and so like well, that was the very meaning of life yeah. yeah like that was a very bold move and th- I think there's a lot of representation that is really important and awesome and yeah so I think soul has a lot going for it like I, I obviously we're both going to pick Robin Hood but I don't want soul to fall fall to the wayside without acknowledging like what an impressive and, and important film it is as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the first time I watched Soul, I gave it five stars. Like yeah. I was instantly so impressed by it and loved the lessons in it. And the animation is beautiful. Like the little seed twirling mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. It's just like this is animated. Like oh, this is no. amazing. Am I talking myself into? <laughs> if we're gonna go with like the best animated, the best. I love Robin Hood, and it's like just such a nostalgic piece and I and not to say that I don't think it has merit or quality to it oh no what if I've talked myself into picking soul <laughs> Robin Hood did I mean um soul did win best picture best animated yeah yeah <laughs> best picture. <laughs> it was the first animated film to win best picture <laughs> we just we're gonna skip that <laughs> oh yeah don't worry about that <laughs> We might need to, I'm going to say, let's, let's cycle back around to it. Wait, okay. we still might end up picking Robin Hood for nostalgic reasons, but I'm feeling uneasy. That was very surprising to me. We, compl- I, <laughs> we talked ourselves into me getting confused, so we're going to come back around to that. <laughs> All right, number six is the Lego movie versus number 11, Alice in Wonderland. <sighs> this one is hard for me because Alice in Wonderland, personally, just like happy films and I like love it so much. I don't think it is one of the most important animated films or the best animated films. I think the Lego movie is more innovative and in both animation style and plot. Um, so while, like, on a personal level, I wouldn't pick it to go forward. I think in this category of the best, I feel like the Lego movie is probably the better movie. I'm so sorry, Alice. <laughs> yeah, I personally don't love Alice in Wonderland, probably because I just haven't seen it very often. It was not one that I watched as a child. Yeah, probably not (laughs) (laughs) Jill-sponsored. Well, and the funny thing is, I didn't really grow up with it either. Like, it was definitely something I discovered in high school. And just, like... Okay. I mean, like, I would watch it a little bit when I was younger, and, like, definitely it is popular with the felts and, like, the Mad Hatter, especially historically, like, as a character to me in the parks, is one of our favorites. Like, we have so many Mad Hatter stories. (laughs) And, yeah, obviously, like, I've, I've done a lot with Alice, and so, but the, it's not one that I necessarily grew up in, which is funny. Like, I really fell in love with it in high school. But, yeah, Lego Movie was, like, surprising, like, different than anything else, like, with the, the incorporation of humans. I mean, that's, like, Toy Story, right? But Sure. But, no, it was, like, like this live-action segment in the middle yeah, of Yeah, and, like, yeah, just the imagination of the kid. Right. It's just, it's just really creative. I love Lego Batman. Oh man, Lego Batman is great. Rafe. <laughs> we just <laughs> Yeah, we just watched Lego. But no, I love Lego. I love Batman in this movie. Oh, 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 I see. Yes. Yeah, no, he's But and then it's yeah, it's had Lego been off. Let Lego Batman as a spin-off. Yeah. No, but, and, and it has Rafe finds. It's been a long time since I watched the Lego movie, but just thinking about like all the different IP it brings together and like these different references for the fans, like it's very fun. It's well done. 
and it is like this twist in the middle of it right that like Mm -hmm. all right number three up versus number 14 balto Catherine, i'm so sorry i love balto and number i i don't know i'm glad i don't have to pick this between which one i would like better because like historically for me i think it would be balto but i've really developed a love for up recently and i do think it is like the better stylistically and, and historically no shots against balto balto for life do not come at me <laughs> <laughs> but my vote is for up uh, my vote is definitely for up i've yeah. seen balto f- probably once or twice when i was five years old and mostly remember being scarred by the coffins i was gonna say it has stuck with you for traumatic reasons so that, yes. that is something worth noting but up is just beautiful i cry every time so meaningful heart of darkness mm-hmm. charles Muntz. Mm-hmm. yeah that whole historical background mm-hmm. and kevin and her babies and see i'm just i'm biased because i get to see kevin every day and so i'm like oh kevin i love her and i will say like balto has like the white wolf scene obviously is incredible but the like first 11 minutes of up alone are so amazing and then you like you continue watching it and there's this whole other story that's going on but i remember when you watched when we watched up for your challenge and you ranked it so low on quotability and i was so offended (laughs) (laughs) see i would probably rank it higher now i think every day i say i can smell you (laughs) (laughs) because of jasper but also anytime i Or, hey, are you okay over there? I always say that. (laughs) See, like, you can quote it. I just don't have those quotes readily accessible in my brain, but... Definitely 10 out of 10 would move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number seven is Kubo and the Two Strings versus number 10, Lilo and Stitch. This is not fair. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm going to let you decide because I know you love both of those. You probably entered both of those. Yes, I did. (laughs) Lilo and Stitch is a just an, such a beautiful film. Like, the animation that goes into it, like, the watercolor backgrounds, the depictions of Hawaii. Like, it's a, it's a funny, goofy movie, but it's also, like, so devastatingly real and sad. Like, it used to be my go-to cry movie. Oh! Like, people think of Stitch as he is, like, in merchandise now, and this, like, wacky, crazy alien which he definitely is but like the actual movie the death of her parents the responsibility that nani is forced into like there's so much david and nani what a couple goals like oh i love this movie so much but i'm gonna have to give it to kubo and the two strings because Leica is this like up and coming animation company that i very much like kubo and the two strings is like the animation style is so cool so so cool is it or, stop motion? Oh, it, I cry so much during this one, too. Um, it says it's a stop motion animated action fantasy film. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Let's I put every adjective possible into the <laughs> description. I love it so, so much. I may pick it for... I just feel bad because I keep club. picking animated movies. <laughs> um, Kubo gotta move on so i don't i don't know if you haven't seen kubo if you should hold off just in case we make it a film club we'll see okay Ooh, this one's painful for you only slightly 
Number two, Coco versus number 15, Home on the Range. Mm. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Home on the Range. I've talked about it before. Such a nostalgic movie that I still will watch and still will love. And other people will watch it with me and cringe. And I'll just feel like <laughs> dying of laughter. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I think it's better than like most people give it credit for. It's not the best Disney film, but it definitely is entertaining. Yeah. Have we talked about how Alan Macon, like, just straight up yes. <laughs> was such a jerk about it? Like, he's like, this was my worst movie I ever made. Or I don't even... That's basically what he said. Yeah. But then he played his song from it, and I cried. It's so I good. I don't know if, like, maybe I didn't cry, but I... I think you did, because you came home and you are like, this song, and I'm like, I don't even know this one. So. Oh, my heart was full. Oh, so good. But yeah, Coco, for obvious reasons, is a better film. I would say it's more meaningful to me as well, just because I love Mexico and yeah. Oh, it's and so the good. plot. The plot's a lot better than Home on the Range. The characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, number one, Wolfwalkers versus number sixteen, Kronk's New Groove. <laughs> <laughs> Kronk's New Groove is similar to Home on the Range, as in it's a pretty like silly movie that. Lots of people would cringe at. It does have a few cringy moments, but it's something we would watch at least once a month and die laughing every time. It does have a really amazing Lion King reference in the end <laughs> that Rachel is now a witness of. It's true. I had, like, lowest of the low expectations watching it, and I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah, and my favorite scene is Kronk dancing with his girlfriend, and I will recreate that at my wedding. Oh my, yes! At the aquarium! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Wolfwalkers, if we're doing the best. I've only seen it one time. Yeah. But I remember being really impressed. If we didn't let Secret of Kells go through, then I feel like we have to let Wolfwalkers Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Because it's the same company, like, very similar stylistic choices. Oh, so good. I just loved the wolves. They're so fun. Catherine, this is one you need to watch. Okay. Number eight, The Little Mermaid versus number nine, Loving Vincent. Oh, no. How ironic that we had to our two uh, film club. I don't know if that was actually ironic since we designed this. <laughs> it's not ironic. It's bad design. <laughs> this one's hard for me because The Little Mermaid started the renaissance and is so important to Disney animated film history which is therefore important for all of animated film history since Disney is such a big influence. But Loving Vincent is just so innovative, and we're going to talk about it more, obviously, at the end of this episode. But uh, I think I'd have to pick Little Mermaid. I'm, I'm voting for Little Mermaid. I'm also voting for Little Mermaid because Loving Vincent is so different than anything before and such a beautiful nod to Vincent Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. But plot-wise, like, it's a little slow. Some things don't really make sense. And then also the oil painting makes it a little difficult to watch. Yeah. Like, it's it's beautiful, but, like, sometimes I'll be watching and be like, what? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... I have to squint at it. <laughs> um, But, yeah. And we'll talk about it later, like you said. But Little Mermaid is just so easy to watch and, like, so... And it just... Engaging. Yeah. And it just honestly revolutionized animated films paved the, the way for beauty and the beast yeah. yeah like and and so many uh, animated films and also like movie musicals just started to follow what little and little mermaid paved the way to do like it's just so important i don't think that can be understated okay so yes 
Um, understated, overstated, whatever. Number five, Aladdin versus number 12, the fox and the hound. Oh, rip! <laughs> but I don't think it is quite as impressive or important as Aladdin is, as much as I am sad to admit it. I did start seeing it because I was going through all of our Disney songs and I saw one of them was The Best of Friends and I, I just started going, We're the best of friends! <laughs> Like, I didn't even, didn't even register to me that it was Fox in the House. And I sang that, and I was like, hey! <laughs> number four, The Incredibles versus number 13, An American Tale. I don't super, super love The Incredibles like you, but this is no competition for me. It's The Incredibles, easily. Good. Yeah, American yeah. Tales was cute. Honestly, disappointing but, for me. Yeah. I thought it was going to be better than it was. But somewhere out there heck of a song love that one. Oh no this one's gonna hurt <laughs> number six big hero six versus number 11 great mouse detective okay so everything that i just said about little mermaid is possible because of the great mouse detective <laughs> so big hero six is one that i absolutely love i think it's like one of the most heart-wrenching disney films it's vastly underappreciated a fantastic film but great mouse detective stopped Disney animation from going bankrupt and it's literally the only reason that the renaissance could happen today yeah and beyond that like people sleep on this film when I did a poll at Flame Tree about an underrated Disney film and so many people had never even heard of Great Mouse Detective and like I'm not saying it's the best film but like Radigan Vincent Price are you kidding me and Basil Oh, I just love it so, so much. Oh, man. That is a crying shame. It really is. <laughs> so my vote is for Great Mouse Detective, even though Big Hero 6 is one of my favorites. Um, My vote's also Great Mouse Detective. I don't... I think I've seen Big Hero 6 maybe twice maximum. And I did like it, and I love Tadashi. Oh. But yeah, Great Mouse Detective is so classic. Yes. M- music, like mm-hmm. Henry Mancini. So good. And Oh my, it's Henry Mancini. Yes. <laughs> Same man who does wait until dark's music. Tear tear. Such a magical. Yeah, like Big Hero Six is full of heart and it's so funny. Like Fred kills me every single time. <laughs> I love Big Hero Six, but it is going to go out in this first round. All right, number three, Ratatouille versus number fourteen, Swan Princess. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Rest in peace, Swan Princess. <laughs> this is, I'm sure I've talked about this, I don't know, on the podcast, or we would go to Hollywood what? Video. It's like right next to where the, it used to be right next to Einstein's in that little dance, like Aww. shopping plaza, you know? Anytime we got to go to Hollywood Video or Blockbuster, but we went to Hollywood Video for uh, location reasons, Kath and Elizabeth and I would pick Swan Princess and so it was like this special movie that we always got to watch and it is not a good film but we love it and it is just so classic and the music is really fun but there's just like a lot of inside jokes and then Catherine and I endeavored to watch all the sequels which are just incredibly horrible but Swan Princess number one in my hearts last in this bracket (laughs) (laughs) yeah I did love this one as a child and this is one for me that I went back and watched and I was like Ooh. <laughs> the great this is animal. not what I remembered it to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Odette is beautiful, I though. And Far Longer Than Forever is. is a great song. It is a good movie. I love the animals. The turtle and the frog. Yes. 
and Rothbart. John Bob, is that his name? Yes, the frog. <laughs> and like Speed. Rothbart, oh, yeah. the weirdest villain. Or Mr. Nice. Like it is. And his weird, yeah, his little henchwoman that yes. turns into hot ladies. <laughs> it is the weirdest movie that I will always have a special place for in my heart. Okay, number seven is Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit, versus number 10, A Bug's Life. How was. <laughs> I. I don't understand how. Well, I guess I understand that it's spring tire, but I'm. I wouldn't rank it higher than Bugs Life. <laughs> tear, tear, tear. <laughs> I mean, I love Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Like, it was pretty much my only Wallace and Gromit film growing up. I think you watched a lot more than I did. I remember watching it in theaters in Park City and just always loving it and loving to rewatch it. It's, I think it's one that holds, stands the test of time. And Ray Fiennes is in it. <laughs> Ray mm-hmm. Fiennes is in so many animated films. Love him. Bless him. Such a good guy. It's definitely one of my favorites, and if it were not up against A Bug's Life, I feel like it would maybe, like, it would be interesting if this is matched up against something else. I think it would move on. But obviously, you know, I'm going to pick A Bug's Life. Yeah, I think that since I did love the original three short Wallace and Gromit movies, that this one was kind of like, it was more like a nod to those first Mm -hmm. three, and not so much like a standalone Wallace and Gromit, like, best Wallace and Gromit movie. Mm, okay, interesting. So that's why I'm glad that Wrong Trousers has gone on. Yeah. And, and this one's not going on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. I'm glad that they had the chance to be, to have a full length feature film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's so many little, little references to the previous movies that we love so much. And it's so cute. Probably one of my favorite moments in that whole film is when the that priest is like, beware the moon! <laughs> and then it's the guy with his pants down. It cracks me up every time. Then yeah, it's and got now. like, it's got the flushed away, like, crude humor. Yeah. Like, kind of cringy. Because <laughs> it's the same studio. Right. Ard- Ardman Studio. But yeah, it is. It has some good moments. It's so funny. Number two, My Neighbor Totoro versus number 15 quest for Camelot. I feel like you have, I mean, I would probably pick My Neighbor Totoro just because I have very little nostalgia for Quest for Camelot. I didn't watch it until like last year and it was okay in my (laughs) opinion. (laughs) Although I know that you love it and I know that you love the song and so I'm gonna let you decide on this one. I think My Neighbor Totoro is my least favorite studio Mm. Ghibli that I've seen. You didn't like the cat bus. Nope. And I... (laughs) Totoro is cute, but he was kind of weird. Like, he's... It felt the most like a fever dream out of all the other Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. movies. Like, there wasn't really a plot to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just these giant creatures that who knows where they came from or what they are. And they live in their backyard in a tree. And, and there's a cat bus that flies. <laughs> it, it just wasn't... I didn't love it. And Quest for Camelot is more there's like a plot to follow and i mean it's totally different cultures right coming from totally different places right but i personally think quest for camelot is better Mm -hmm. i definitely it's not the best animated movie like it's right not gonna move on past this right again past the next round i am 100 gonna let you decide because i feel like i even though i personally enjoyed my neighbor totoro more than i enjoyed quest for camelot i don't feel like I loved it enough to really fight for it, and I will say I think it has more of a cultural impact than Quest for Camelot, but 
I will, yeah, Quest for Camelot can go on. That's probably not accurate to best. But right, but, you know... We're not trying to make any statements here. Yeah, no statements. Also, we're not, like, professors of animated history. Like, <laughs> these are largely our opinions. That, that was most... That caveat was mostly so we wouldn't end our friendship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay. I think we're doing quite well, actually. I know, it's true. I, I, <laughs> much better than expected. If I had put up more of a fight for Prince of Egypt, it would be a different story, but... Number we, okay. We appreciate your sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to decide between Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and Hercules, and I think Snow White and Wreck-It Ralph and Soul and Robin Hood. Okay. Uh since you've already used a power move this round. Oh shoot. If it wasn't Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like there are so many other movies on this list that Hercules would just destroy mm-hmm. for me. That I think I'm going to use my power move and move Snow White on. So it, it really comes between Soul and Robin Hood and Spider-Man. I don't love letting Hercules go, but if you feel strongly enough about Spider-Man, yes. we'll move that one on. Wait, what did, um, what did Snow White beat? Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> okay, I'll let you do that. That is, uh, that is probably one of the only historically principled stands I'll take on this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, Snow White will probably go out in the next round, but then Soul right, versus... Ralph, you did your best. Soul versus Robin Hood. I think it comes down to, 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 we do, are we leaning more towards our personal favorites or are we leaning more towards critically better it's our podcast. Okay, let's move Robin Hood. <laughs> but Soul, like, I, it is saying something it is that so we good. we debated about that. Okay, now it's time for our sponsor story. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by illegal apartment pets. <laughs> so, when Lauren and I lived together for the second year at Brownstone, I love pets. All of you know this about me. I didn't want to get a fish because I have a, a history of killing all the fish that we get for apartments. Like in our lease, we couldn't have pets, whatever. But I managed to talk all the other girls into going in on hermit crabs. <laughs> I did not know it was your idea. I thought it was Ashley and Liz's idea. No, it was my idea. And I can I I know that I was the one who like originally decided, but I think when I was talking about it, Ashley was really like, Oh yeah, I wanna get them. And so then Because she's had them to, before. Yeah, I was able to convince everybody else. And so I did. I forced everybody to drive. We, like, had, I think it was on a Saturday or something, to drive to PetSmart and buy hermit crabs and a cage and other things. And we had this big naming ceremony. There we had two of them. One of them we named Devlin because we had just watched Notorious, and that is Cary Grant's character's name. And then Ashley wanted to name the other one. (laughs) <laughs> and she named it Arthur, and we were like, okay, we are on board, we're gonna call him King Arthur, because we also watched that same weekend, <laughs> um, Monty Python. <laughs> it just cracked me up that, like, if we had gone any other weekend, it would have been determined by some other movie. <laughs> <laughs> but... Oh, I love King Arthur. <laughs> Devlin and King Arthur, who quickly became Mr. the King, were our apartment pets for a long time, and... They did not like us, but we loved them, and we would hold them, and often drop them, but they were okay. <laughs> and we were really from a far height. Yeah, that's true. Um, Nora and Sophie, friends of the podcast, they also met them at one point, I know. And then I, we both had to move out, 
and we left them behind and with our other roommates. And then in the summer, I saw Ashley and I was like, how is Mr. The King in Devlin? And she goes, oh, well, one of them's dead. <laughs> I think it was Mr. The King. And I was so sad. And I texted Lauren immediately. And so not only is this podcast sponsored by them, but also dedicated in their memory to Mr. The King and Devlin. Rest in peace. We've got great pictures and videos of them. I'm sure they'll be posted. <laughs> I remember being at PetSmart and being like, I cannot believe we're doing this. Like, <laughs> I did not want them. Because I, well, it was against the rules, and I didn't right. want to have to hide them every time people uh, That's came the other over. thing. Every time we had an inspection, Liz would hide them under her bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I knew they were going to die, probably. Anyways. But I did love them. You did. And they, I would remember coming home from like a stressful day at school and just being like, I need to hold our babies. <laughs> yeah, they, they were not super cuddly. <laughs> but I still loved them. They were like, I would rather die than be held by you. I'm going to walk right off here. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And one time, oh, one right. time he changed his shell and it was Oh, like, that's right. It was so amazing. It really, we like were tripping. We were so excited about we it. We were like, wait, no, he used to be in that one. Like, what? <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> we had, that was... I had to convince everybody that they, he had changed shells. I, yeah, I remember that. We all were like, no. And it was a highlight of our entire <laughs> college career. Next round. Next round. All right, so round two, number one seed, Grave of the Fireflies versus number nine seed, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, I'm no. going to pick Emperor's New Groove. See, this is where we, we should have determined, because I'm like, of the two, Emperor's New Groove is one that I like more, but Grave of the Fireflies, I think, is technically better. But I'm also thinking, how did we present this to everybody? We said, pick which one you think Rachel and Lauren will pick. So I think we yeah. should go with Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse versus number five seed versus number four seed, Lion King. Lion King is... I think I will also pick Lion King. Number six seed, Fantastic Mr. Fox versus number three seed, Finding Nemo. Here's a controversial take. It, I will say, it's been a while since I've seen Finding Nemo. And I love Finding Nemo a lot, but I feel like it might be a little bit overrated. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox is just so much more, like, fresh and different. Finding Nemo also feels, like, really heavy. Mm-hmm. Which is important. Like, it deals with these really heavy things, and it's kind of a hard movie in some ways. Right. And so beautiful still, like, the way they handle those, and it's so beautiful and heartfelt. Fantastic Mr. Fox is just so lighthearted and funny and stop motion, like all the work that went into that. I yeah. think I I would pick Fantastic Mr. Fox. It, it was a close game there for me. It's just so funny. If we had done this three months ago, I would be like, Finding Nemo, no question. But I just have really developed quite a love for Fantastic Mr. Fox. And again, I say Finding Nemo's overrated, but I still really love the film. I think it's an incredible animated movie amazing scores amazing messages here's the thing they both have willem dafoe (laughs) we're back to square one (laughs) (laughs) Um, they are equal fantastic mr fox on number seven isle of dogs versus number two toy story i would pick toy story 
I, yeah, I agree with that. Number one seed, Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers versus Mulan, number eight seed. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. You know my vote's going to be for Mulan. I know. I'm also going to pick Mulan. Okay. Because Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers is more of a short film. Yeah. And, I mean, it is so special to me, but I think Mulan has a bigger overall impact on me. Number five seed, Beating the Beast, speaking of, versus number 13 seed, Megamind. Um, I'm going to pick Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I would also pick Beauty and the Beast over Megamind. But I love you, Megamind. Number 11 seed, Anastasia, versus number three seed, How to Train Your Dragon. Oof. <laughs> this one's going to be, we got to discuss it, and then I think we should circle back around before we, we power move each other. <laughs> okay. Um... Again, it's been a long time since I've seen How to Train Your Dragon, but I'm going to pick Anastasia. And I'm going to pick How to Train Your Dragon. Okay, we'll cycle back around to it. (laughs) 10 seed, Kung Fu Panda versus number 2 seed, Wally. I'm going to pick Wally. Really? Because I would pick Kung Fu Panda, (laughs) but I don't feel strongly enough that I will. I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm thinking about best here. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda is such a no you're um, right yeah kung fu panda is so important to me and special to me personally but i don't think it's better than wally yeah no i agree with you wally is so beautiful yeah and it's i really well love done. him he is so so precious <laughs> <laughs> he is and i'm pretty sure it's because he's a lot like et but yes he Wally is so Oh, cute. he's so wholesome. <laughs> His little dancing. <laughs> oh, I love him. All right, number one, Spirited Away versus number eight seed, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. See, here's where I'll say Spirited Away. Good. <laughs> over Snow White. Snow White, thank you for your historical importance. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. R.I.P. Number five seed, Nightmare Before Christmas versus number 13 seed, Robin Hood. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to pick Robin Hood there. I know. I might need to circle back around. I'll probably agree with you and pick Robin Hood, but I just might need it to to sit a little bit longer. Okay. Number six seed, the Lego movie versus number three seed, Up. I pick Up. I pick Up, too. Um, Number seven seed, Kubo and the Two Strings versus, oh, no, versus number two seed, Coco. I'd pick Coco, but Kubo, man, if that's not my soul. Kubo versus Coco. <laughs> Unacceptable. Um, yeah, I also choose Coco. Number one seed Wolfwalkers versus number eight seed The Little Mermaid. Ooh, see, now this is, gets into categories of I've already allowed them to pass for historical importance. <laughs> but okay, here's my I've seen Wolfwalkers one time. I've seen Little Mermaid probably a hundred times. Because Little Mermaid came out in 1989 and Wolfwalkers came out last year. <laughs> right, but. I haven't gone back to Wolfwalkers. Yeah, but that's also because it's only on Apple TV. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Well, I haven't really had the desire to go back to Wolfwalkers. But I'm pretty sure I have watched Little Mermaid. Or maybe one of them was Little Mermaid (laughs) 2. It was Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I've seen it twice since last year, but yeah, I think I've just seen it once. I probably will end up going with Little Mermaid, but we might need to cycle back to this one, too. Okay. Um, I just need to rewatch it. Number five seed Aladdin versus number four seed The Incredibles. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Incredibles, but I know you won't. <laughs> I'm pretty ambivalent towards 
Incredibles. Like I, I think Aladdin is a better film, but I don't, I'm not like married to a surprise. I'm not married to Aladdin. I read <laughs> truly. That's I the really, saddest, really like Aladdin. Phrase you've ever <laughs> I really, really like Aladdin, but I know that your love for the Incredibles is more profound for my, than my love for Aladdin is. So I will let the Incredibles move on. I also really love Aladdin. Um, I remember, actually, I think... You, you picked remember, it as your uh, A film, I think. I think they were releasing, like, a restored version that was going to come out on October 6th, and for, and my birthday's October 5th. For some reason, when I was a kid, I was like, that's my birthday! Oh. <laughs> and I was, like, really excited about it, because oh. I was like, I love this movie, and it's, like, being released on my birthday! Oh, oh my... I love this core memory that stuck around. <laughs> I know. I had some trouble with my birthdays, <laughs> my date of birth as a child, but, and I'll watch it and laugh, and it's so romantic. It Aladdin is. and Jasmine. The is so funny. The music is so good. Yeah, Robin Williams. Jafar. Jafar. Oh my, Jafar is one of my favorite villains. Same. What? And his so reprisal evil. song is so good, Jonathan Freeman. And his dedication to his craft. Yes. His acting, becoming Ugh. an old man. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought I you were still talking about awe. Jonathan Freeman, but you're talking about Jafar. No, Jafar himself. <laughs> like, he'll like creep into a little little cave and be like, yeah. Get those fake teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I was awed. I was in awe last time I watched it. I was like, this man is so dedicated. When he's he like, deserves the lamp. When he's like kneeling by the cave of wonders, <laughs> like his beard half off. Yes. <laughs> and as a child, I did not understand because he was so good at acting. All right, move Aladdin like, on. Where did Jafar come from? Wait, what's again? Hey, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just oh. kidding. Oh, yeah, Incredibles was just such a like about a family. Yeah, I don't know. Well, any Pixar movie hadn't really done that before, like a family unit Mm -hmm. movie. Well, and just like the idea of a superhero movie based about, like, on a family. Based on a family. Based on a family. Based on a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number 11, The Great Mouse Detective versus number three, Ratatouille. How did these mice slash rat ones line up? This is hard because I feel like the world would tell you to pick Ratatouille, but my heart is telling me to pick Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> I've got to think about this one. Okay, we'll cycle back around to it. Oh man, number 10 of Bugs Life versus number 15, Quest for Camelot. Goodbye. Bugs Life. Quest for Camelot. <laughs> yeah, that was a good job, Quest for Camelot. <laughs> good job, go home. <laughs> <laughs> you may go. All right, let's see. Anastasia versus How to Train Your Dragon, Nightmare Before Christmas versus Robin Hood, Wolfwalkers versus Little Mermaid, Great Mouse Detective versus Ratatouille. Um, let me just think through Great Mouse Detective versus Ratatouille real quick. Okay. Mm. See, it's hard for me because I really love Ratatouille and it's very connected to my time in Paris. And it is a beautiful film, like all the food in it. Yeah. Neither of them oh, have great female characters. No, yeah, Ratatouille, I would say more so. Yeah. I mean, they have Olivia, but she's kind of annoying. Yeah, and they have that sexy mouse. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot her name. I don't know if she that, has one. <laughs> no, she does, because that was my character for <laughs> this week. Not uh, a good role model. <laughs> Not a flying toy. 
I think I would pick Ratatouille. Oh no, it's a better film. Like I know, I know. I think you're right. It's gonna hurt me. Great Mouse Detective is so so special and so important. Like just thinking about the Big Ben scene makes me so happy. He's so scary. I love him and fidget. But here's where here's where I'm. I just the whole bar scene. Yeah, it's just really uncomfortable. It, it should not be in the film, even in though a I, children's movie. Yeah. I love his pirate outfit, <laughs> and I love drunk <laughs> Dawson. Drunk Dawson, <laughs> and I love when Fidget is leading them away, and he's drunky too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! It's such a classic. But I think Ratatouille. No, I think you're right. I think my heart just feels sad. Hmm. Wolfwalkers versus Little Mermaid, Nightmare Before Christmas versus Robin Hood, and Anastasia versus How to Train Your Dragon. I think I'm going to use my power move to move Nightmare Before Christmas on. I'm sorry. <gasps> I know. It feels like a betrayal. And everyone, against what? Against Robin Hood. Oh! I know. And oh here's, my gosh! I know. And here's why. Because I know everyone listening also hates me for this. Maybe, I don't know. See, I'm thinking of it from a technical standpoint, where I think, like, Robin Hood, the dialogue, the performances, so fun, but just Nightmare Before Christmas was so innovative and so new, and there's a lot more love and effort put into Nightmare Before Christmas because uh, Robin Hood just has so much recycled animation in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Ah, I don't know. I I feel like I betrayed part of myself saying this, and I know I'm, I'm letting down so many people. But look at him. Oh, but look at Jack Skellington. He's so cute, and I just love him. But okay. Oh, but look at Oh, Sally gets me so many creepies. Oh, I love Sally. Oh, I just do not. She's too much like a doll. <laughs> I know. She, she's a rag doll. I know. I don't like it. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually, I'm gonna take it back. I'm, because you used your power move on a highly contested, I was trying to get away from highly contested debates, but you used your power move on the highly contested one last round, so I'm actually going to go ahead and use my power move and move Anastasia on, and I will no! let I will let Robin Hood, if you want to move Robin Hood on, we can move Robin Hood on. Yeah, I want to move Robin Hood on. I love you, Jack Skellington. Oh, oh, poor, poor, <laughs> oh, poor, poor, poor dragon. Oh my gosh, but um, Toothless is so cute. It just, it came down to it in my head. I said, is Anastasia more meaningful to me than Nightmare Before Christmas? And the answer is yes. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying That's something. Quite a revelation. Yeah. Because, which means it's Wolfwalkers versus Little Mermaid. You still haven't used your power move if you want to use it on this one. If you want to um, use it now, or we can just talk a little bit more, see if we can come to an agreement. Well, for this one, I'm just leaning towards more of what I like more we can move little mermaid on yeah because wolf walkers is important and impressive but i think on a more global scale little mermaid is yeah (laughs) i did give wolf walkers four and a half out of five stars though i know i was gonna say i bet if i went and looked at my letterbox scores wolf walkers has a higher one than little mermaid but Mm, i don't think so i think i gave little mermaid five really just for nostalgic reasons Mm, okay that's valid. All right, number nine seed emperor. We're entering route three. 
number nine seed Emperor's New Groove versus number four <gasps> seed. Like even four? What the? <laughs> versus Lion King. I think Lion King would move on for me, even though I yeah. love Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, I would move on Lion King. Lion King is just beautiful in every aspect. Yeah. All right, number six, Fantastic Mr. Fox versus number two, Toy Story. I think I'd pick Toy Story. I think I'm also going to pick Toy Story. But Fantastic Mr. Fox went a lot farther than I ever thought it would in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, number eight seed Mulan versus number five seed Beauty and the Beast. Are we going to have to cycle oh, wow. back around? Yeah, I've got to okay. consult my inner demons. <laughs> Hey, demons, it's your boy. Help me make the decision. Hey, demons, it's your boy. Which one should we move on? <laughs> number 11, Anastasia versus number two, Wally. I'm going to use my... Okay, did you want to discuss first? I mean, I, f- I will d- allow you to move your... Or use a power move on this one. I mean, I, I can't... I, if you're going to use it, you can use it. We can... You can go ahead. I don't think we need to discuss. I think it's pretty clear where we stand. Yeah, I'm going to move Wally forward. Okay. Versus what? Anastasia. Yeah, I'm going to use my power move. Rest in peace, my power move. Anastasia <laughs> needs to stop. <laughs> Anastasia has already come too far. She is on a journey to the past. She can go wherever <laughs> she wants. The past is not in spot number one. <laughs> All right, number one, Spirited Away versus number 13, Robin Hood. I don't know. I... This is so hard because um, Robin Hood is so nostalgic for us and we love it. I think it yeah, might need to be put to, to rest here. I think, I, yeah, I think it's done a good job. But on our journey to find the best animated film, yeah, I think Spirited Away is a better animated film. Agreed. Probably not as beloved, but... Yes. Um, okay, number two, number three seed Up versus number two seed Coco. Oh! <gasps> Oh no. OMG. <laughs> um okay, I'm gonna probably pick Coco. I also am picking Coco. That was rough. <laughs> but I didn't have to consult the demons on that. <laughs> <laughs> number eight seed the little mermaid versus the number four seed the Incredibles. I'm gonna pick Incredibles. I I'll let that be. I think um you fought pretty hard for both of those, where I'm kind of ambivalent for both of them, so I'll allow The Incredibles to move on. Number three, <laughs> double fist bump. Number three seed, Ratatouille versus the number 10 seed, Bugs Life. Oof. No. I'm gonna... You know where... I'm, I'm gonna let you. Okay, I'm picking Bugs Life. Yeah. Even though Bugs Life might not make it... This is the funny thing, where I'm like... I kind of don't want Bugs Life or Beauty and the Beast to make it to the end. I want us to pick something new. <laughs> <laughs> something unexpected. Uh-huh. Lion King, ver- the number four seed, versus number two seed, Toy Story. Wait, are we coming back to Beauty and the Beast? Oh, then? you're right. We, I skipped those. My bad, my bad. I didn't want the demons to come out. <laughs> Mulan is my favorite Disney film. So I feel pretty strongly about Mulan. I kind of want to move on Mulan. A tear because... for your bravery. <laughs> <laughs> because Beauty and the Beast is probably my favorite right now. But Mulan is so different. Um, like, Beauty and the Beast is a classic princess movie. Like, when Beauty and the Beast came out, everyone was shook and amazed by it. Right. 
already said all of its awards that it was nominated for but and Mulan I kind of like that it's a little more underrated and she deserves more than that oh <gasps> oh wait I just remembered Sean you <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mulan goes forward <laughs> thank you demons <laughs> Don't forget about Sean Yu. <laughs> yeah, Sean Yu is a way better villain than Gaston. It's so funny. I feel like we are coming to quicker agreements in these like later matchups when they I should know. be getting harder. <laughs> it's like the first ones are like, no. <laughs> okay. La- number four seed Lion King versus number two seed Toy Story. Oh. I would pick Lion King just because it's been a bigger part of my life. From the beginning, where Toy Story, I feel like I only appreciated it in later years because I hated it when Woody and Buzz would fight so much when I was little. <laughs> but if you want to fight for Toy Story, we can circle back around. Well, I'm just thinking about overall feeling here. Oh, but when they're flying, oh, that part is really great. Falling, that's the style, and oh. it's very quotable. Okay, circle back. Number eight seed Mulan versus number two seed Wally. Uh, well, I'm gonna go with Sean Yu again. Okay, good, because I was good. I would pick Mulan. Wally is, I love it because I love space and I yes. love the scenes where they're they're dancing, right? They're yes through the space. Define dancing. Return to this wholesome love of robots. Oh, and it's so good. But and yeah, the beginning is choose. so good when he's like courting her and his and pet I roach. I make Eve noises all the time. <laughs> I'll always just be like. <laughs> and Angel will be like, whoa, hi, Eve. Number one seed Spirited Away versus number two seed Coco. I think I pick Coco. I'm going to pick Coco too, but Yay. like that was not an easy win. Like, I really love Spirited Away. My baby, no face. <laughs> okay, number four, The Incredibles versus number 10, A Bug's Life. This is quite our, our Pixar matchup here. Now, I'm inclined to say. You've already let go of your, kind of your number one favorite of Beauty Mm -hmm. and the Beast. If you feel really strongly about The Incredibles, I know The Incredibles is not going to get past Coco. And I know that Bug's Life is number one in my heart, but I can concede that maybe in this, like, best animated, that it, you know, I can let it go. So if you feel strongly that Incredibles needs to move on, I will let it go. Because I also don't think A Bug's Life is going to get past Coco. Right. A Bug's Life was, like, a movie I would always watch as a kid. Like, it's also very nostalgic. Yes. It's Princess, 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 life. Princess, Princess. <laughs> it's part of my life, been part of my life longer than Incredibles. But, yeah, I'm gonna have to pick Incredibles. Only because I know you've made a sacrifice before that I'll allow it to happen. <laughs> because Incredibles would never be this far. You know, a solo bracket of my own, it would have been out in the first two. What did it go up against? Oh, an American Tale? Okay. Incredibles would have gone on to the second round, but it would have been beat by Aladdin if it was just my bracket alone. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we, we just have to do Lion King versus Toy Story. I feel like my the intellectual side of me would choose Toy Story, but the emotional side of me would choose the Lion King. For future Lion reference, King. listener, there was like 20 seconds of silence while both of us just sat here and thought about <laughs> it that I've edited out. <laughs> Lion King's based on Hamlet, right? And well, Toy every story. story comes from somewhere. But what's Toy Story? Like- well, here's the thing. I don't know if Lion King was based on H- Hamlet or if people were just like, 
hey, that connection. this is Hamlet, but with lions. Like, I've never read anywhere that was like, and you know what? They just wanted to make Hamlet into an <laughs> animated movie. Because, <laughs> like, Toy Story is just, like, a, a buddy film. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah. But it is so, like, no one had ever made a movie about toys before. Yeah, it does some People had made movies about animals. And I was going to say, Lion like, King. the music in Lion King, the scores in yeah. Lion King. Like, You've Got a Friend in Me is really good. That one will also make me cry if the mood is right. But Lion King. But are we going just based on scores and music? I have way more Toy Story merch than Lion King merch. I will say that. The capitalist side of you says. (laughs) (laughs) Toy Story is more marketable. (laughs) Because I also think about Vessel the Lion King. I'm like... So parks driven now. <laughs> but Toy Story Land's also so magical. Yeah. It's impossible. I'm pretty sure we had a very similar matchup last year, too. Lion King versus Toy Story? Mm-hmm. Or maybe one of them got... I feel like they both ended up being near the end. Yeah. I I love both of these films. I would pick Lion King if you're going to pick Toy Story and neither of us want to use our power moves, we can just flip a coin. <laughs> what is... Have we chosen the other ones yet? They would go up against Mulan. Which, weirdly, mm-hmm. I feel like Mulan would beat one of these films easily for me, and would maybe lose to one of the other films. <laughs> um, I'll let you move on, Lion King. Okay. Because, yeah, Toy Story is... I, I grew up with both of them. Mm-hmm. Probably maybe a little bit more time spent with Toy Story, but... And there's nostalgia for both of them, and I think Lion King has been more me- meaningful to me as an adult. We really tried to have not just Disney and Pixar represented, but we got down to the final four, and it is straight Disney and Pixar, <laughs> <laughs> which is but... not that, you know, unexpected. But ironically, it's Disney versus Disney and Pixar versus Pixar. So for our final four matchup, we have Lion King versus Mulan, Coco versus The Incredibles. So I think we both decided that Coco was moving on. Yeah. So now, oh man, we both have a power move left, and we can't both use it on this one, so I don't know if it's fair to say. If you, uh, I, I think Mulan would go ahead for me out of these two. Yeah, because it's about a woman. A woman! <laughs> And it has James Hong and Kung Fu Panic. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> and Shun Yu. And Shun Yu. Okay, shoot. Mulan versus Coco. This is so hard. <laughs> and also uh, slightly unexpected. I did not expect yeah. these two to be our last ones. Like, if I'd looked at the list, maybe. But I kind of thought we were going to be staring down a Beauty and the Beast versus Bugs versus Life. Bugs Life. <laughs> That, I don't think that would have ended well. It would, yeah. <laughs> I think we've maybe made a few sacrifices in it's the true. name of our friendship. For the name of the, yeah, the sake of the podcast and our the friendship. The sake of future podcast episodes. <laughs> Shoot. Well, either way, I will be happy with our winner. I think I have my answer, but I'm willing to discuss. Oh, no. Now I keep thinking about the other one, and I'm... <laughs> Who did the music for Coco? Um... Oh, it's Michael Giacchino. We knew that, because he... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. Oh, my, when he's crossing the bridge. Yes, and when they're like, I'm proud to be his family. Like, oh, oh, at the very end. Because that's the funny thing. Coco has always just automatically won, so we haven't actually talked about it on the podcast. (laughs) 
and the twists and right. Ernesto de la Cruz and Lee Unkrich. Um, I just keep I having. I was like so set on Mulan, and I keep having like all these quotes going through my head, and then thinking about Coco, I'm like, I can't make these decisions. No, I think my pick would be Coco. Ah, <sighs> see, I was so set on Mulan, but mm-hmm. but Mulan is so the greatest iconic. gift and honor. They're both daughter. about family. Yeah, the feminist in me wants to pick Mulan. I know. But then I, like, I was, like, full on for Mulan, but then I started thinking about how it is, like, so much about family. And, like, the Proud Corazon song at the end, just, like, straight tears. Yeah, I cry more in Coco. And the I think I cry more in Coco, Coco, but I feel like I have more, like, visceral reactions in Mulan, where I, like, have goosebumps and... Yeah, like, the burned out village. Oh! And, like, shot the very beginning, when he, like, yes, snaps the, the flag. Walk. Perfect. Oh, it's Even so the, good. The drawings of the Great Wall of China yes. credits. Oh, man. And the music. The music of Mulan. The score of the synth. The synth! <laughs> <laughs> the synth that's not even in the freaking soundtrack. Yeah, rip it off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your illegal copy. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, man. I keep talking myself into one and then thinking about the other. And the part where she has, like, her reconciliation, been left alone in the cold. Oh, and I love the animation of the shadows of her parents when he's going off the water. yes. And the whole, where they had to create this whole new animation technology for the Hun scene with the snow, with the avalanche that's used now. So it's also technologically important. But then Coco is also technologically important, like the breakdown of the lighting and how all that's done. And Coco was like, it's really important for the Latino culture. Yes. And I was actually just... Representation. Oh, it was Elizabeth Gaysford. We were talking about like Pixar films recently don't have like match up to the Pixar standard. And I was like listing ones that have come out recently. We were both like, yeah, those aren't as good. And I was like, but Coco, that... Because I was trying to argue like, is the Pixar standard just our remembered nostalgia for? Mm-hmm. And, like, it, over time, will these other films be brought up to the level of Pixar standard? Someone in Disney History Club is, like, writes a lot about films and has been saying that the, there is no such thing as good Pixar because when what we consider good Pixar first came out, like, they weren't critically received as well as they are now remembered. But then we both were like, no, but Coco is, like, <laughs> up to that standard and it doesn't have that nostalgia. It is. So, I, we, I'm at such a standstill. I thought we would be, like, fighting. Like, no, this one's better, but I, I feel like we could flip a coin, but I, I don't know. I feel like we needed to take, talk to your demons. What are your demons telling you? <laughs> well, last time the demons went moisture on you, so <laughs> I don't think we can consult them. <laughs> they are already biased. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I just keep going back and forth. That is the other thing, too, because nostalgia has been winning out a lot for us, and the fact that Coco is really recent speaks to how impressive it is that mm-hmm. Mulan, which we essentially grew up with, I, I'll vote for Coco. Oh my gosh, I was just gonna say I would vote for Mulan. Oh my <laughs> no! <laughs> oh no. Okay, I'll vote for Coco. Okay, I was just gonna say I'll switch to Mulan. <laughs> um, okay, I'll switch to Mulan. Now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> okay, we need to come to a decision. Let's go with Coco. Okay. 
Unexpected. Unexpected. Because oh, honestly, nice. we will waffle back and forth between those two films forever. Yeah, so let's just go. Let's just go with Coco. Okay. All right. Coco. So in last place, we have Becky, who I think really heavily went for what I would pick because her top one was Bugs Life, Prince of Egypt, Hercules, Aww. Nightmare Before Christmas, which are all films I really fought for. All so. the ones that you were yeah, saying were part of your soul. Yes. Who I might add was last year's winner, so that was quite the the role reversal here. So, and then Luca Brasi, who I don't know, also went very heavily for me. Nightmare Before Christmas being his winner. Wow. Finding Nemo, Prince of Egypt, Bugs Life. Then Flick wins all. <laughs> Bugs Life, Pocahontas, Mulan, Nightmare Before Christmas. Someone had Mulan up there. Incredibles is real good. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was maybe Caleb. <laughs> he had The Incredibles winning, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Megamind. Megamind going real far. That's definitely Caleb. Speared yeah. it away. Then All Wrong, um, Bugs Life, The Lion King, Anastasia, Nightmare Before Christmas. I just have to say, I really like that we were like, hey, submit your brackets and you can win a prize. And then people did not really say who they were in their brackets. <laughs> Guess you'll have to reveal yourself if you want a prize. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to win, but Beauty and the Beast, leaning towards you, Lauren. A Bug's Life, Toy Story, and Robin Hood. That is like, of all the ones we said, I think that, okay, I think that it feels the most balanced between the both of us. Business selection, so there we go. The Lion King, Bug's Life, Prince of Egypt, Kubo and the Two Strings, Balto Always and Forever. That's Catherine. (laughs) I wonder who that is. (laughs) Bug's Life, Wally, Hercules, Coco. Untitled, put. Bugs Life, Lion King, Mulan, Coco. Second place is Lucky Lady, Coco being the winner. So good job on that. You called that correctly. Toy Story, Wally, and A Bugs Life. Our... Oh, Sarah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Our winner is if Andrew got to choose Kronk's new groove and Buzz Lightyear of Starkman would have made it further. Bracket. Andrew, congratulations. You have won this year's March Madness. Should um, I tell him? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has to wait and listen. <laughs> you, uh, the prize is we will ourselves put the bill for three of your magnets or buttons you want to choose if you participate in uh, our film club. What if he doesn't want buttons? Then, or air pit, like magnets. If he doesn't want it, then that's too bad. Um, so well done, everyone. Congratulations. Really, thank you. I hope this was entertaining for you to fill out and let us know if you liked this style of brackets or if you like last year's more. To refresh your memory, the difference between the two last year, the winner was like based on the hive mind of what like the common thing was that people put in versus this one where we kind of debate and you guys are trying to kind of predict what happens. I think the, the impetus for doing it this way was just so that the actual episode was maybe a little more engaging or interesting to listen to than just saying oh look this is what happened this is what people picked but if you like prefer the other one um you can do that also we could set it up in the future where there's one bracket where you choose what we decide and then there's also another one where you can kind of say what you like the most because uh it's always important to, for us to hear your opinions as well and fun to see what you guys would pick if you want to go ahead and maybe on our Instagram, or if you want to email us or message us your top four out of all of these animated feature films, asterisk on the wrong trousers, 
But uh, if you feel so inclined, please do that. We always love to hear from all of you. So again, thank you for participating and congratulations, Andrew. You know us too well. So we are going to just quickly go over our Loving Vincent reviews. Um, First of all, no one in the responses figured out my specific connection, said that they were both animated films, that it was a unique way of depicting a film, unusual animation. Someone thought it was more of like a, a plot point that passion, like Mr. Fox was trying to passionately undo the farmers and Vincent was very passionate with his painting. Both were lead characters that were also learning about and being frustrated in connection with others. I think this is Jill, it was one of my favorites. There is a train passing by in the background. The boatman makes his own recipe of alcohol like cider and they mention someone with bewildered eyes like Kylie. And I'm like, if I could have just been watching Fantastic Mr. Fox and been like, hey, you know what other film has these things? Like, I wish I had these films. So on the nose. Well done, Jill. That was fantastic. Did you have a guess at, at the connection? The specific connection why I picked it, though? She paints thunderstorms. Mmm. That is a really good one, actually. And I don't know if he ever paints a thunderstorm, but he paints. Yeah. No, that it, I didn't even think about that. He paints landscapes, yeah. See, this is what is so fun about film and why I'm excited we're doing it in this way is look at all these fun connections you guys have come up with. Mine is a lot more on the surface. One of my favorite actresses is in both films. Oh. So it is Helen McCrory. She is very obscure in Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was why it kind of feels like a little bit of a cheat. Um, Helen McCrory is one of my favorite actresses, and she passed away last year, which was really sad. But she is Aww. Narcissa Malfoy, which is what how most people will commonly know her as. But she plays... Is she the Badger's wife? She plays the one of the farmer's wives who goes down to the cellar. Oh, she's Mrs. Bean? Yeah. Like, whoever is married to Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she is the, like, gardener, housekeeper to the doctor who, like, hates Vincent. The jerk and, lady. Yeah. The jerk lady is her official name. <laughs> so that was the specific connection I was going for, but I enjoyed reading where all of you guys got yours. Okay. Your general thoughts on Living Vincent, Lauren? Um, well, I did mention a little bit. It's um, debut in March Madness. I think it is so beautiful and so impressive from an art history standpoint mm -hmm. and just art in general. The IMDb trivia, let me pull up the thing I screenshotted. It took a team of over 100 professional artists to hand paint every frame of this movie. Total of 853 different oil paintings. So just like mind-blowing how much work went into it and... Like, oil painting is hard. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. And then, as I did say before, like, the plot's a little bit slow. Sometimes you're not sure, like, how things are connecting. <laughs> My mom the whole time was like, why does he even care? Like, why is he still trying to deliver this letter? And then sometimes, since it is oil painting, it's not what we're used to watching mm -hmm. as an animated format. So it's a little bit, like, you have to think more as you're watching it. Mm -hmm. It's not just an easy watch. The other thing I wanted to mention, there is one actor. Oh, Sersha yeah. Ronan. Mm -hmm. She's in it. And I was like, I swear that that character looks exactly like Sersha. And I realized also they filmed it with rotoscope. Mm -hmm. So that's why the characters actually look like they're, right. they're actors and actresses, which is fun. I didn't realize that before. Because when I had first seen it, I didn't know anybody who's in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about that. A told through this retrospective mm -hmm. way where it's like you're finding out about Vincent, but he's already dead. 
like you're not learning about him and watching him live his life like you are learning about him through all these other people through all these other means which is just such a historical perspective and like you have to figure out the truth by looking through these primary sources and talking to the people and reading his letters and so i i love that way of telling the story i love that even the title cards are painted like from the very beginning of the film you're just like put in this world of this incredible painting style and it's art that feels alive like i feel his way of painting already feels so movement-based that it really translates well into film and yeah it is stilted like it takes a minute to get into watching this animated style which oddly also connects to fantastic mr fox because i feel like it takes me a minute to get used to that animation Mm -hmm. as well it does do something that i get slightly irritated at which is whenever we have characters that are supposed to be speaking in a foreign language and we just make them british (laughs) yeah they're supposed to be speaking french and dutch and they just have british accents (laughs) (laughs) i love the camera angles and the human actions like when i was first watching it i was just blown away like how did they just paint these and then i i as we kept watching i was like wait that's sersha that's helen mccrory like they're just rotoscoping which is not to bash on rotoscoping through painting because how else would they have done it and just to be clear if people don't know what we're talking about rotoscoping is something that they used a lot in like early animation and a lot of disney animation where you film the live action and then you draw over it that kind of helped i think a lot with some of the the action scenes but it still is incredible the way that they were able to put them into the backgrounds of these van gogh paintings and then I, I wrote about this in the paper I wrote on this. Um, I, I'm doing the like breakdown of a scene, right? But so for this film, I talked about how everything in the present is done in his style and everything in the past is done in this black and white, mm, much, oh, more, yeah. much more fluid. It's not Vincent Van Gogh. Like even the, the, the way that the people move and interact is very different in the past than in the present time. And I just loved how it was like, he has left his mark on this world and he has left his influence and people couldn't recognize it at the time when he was living, but now that he's gone, which is something I only kind of could put together because of the other Vincent Van Gogh film that we watched with Willem. At Eternity's Gate. Yeah. Now we appreciate Van Gogh so much for what he's done when people didn't really appreciate it when he was alive. There is this really interesting concept of you want to know so much about his death, what do you know of his life? Because we do have this like cultural obsession now recently with Vincent Van Gogh of like, how did he die? And like, is he this martyr? Is he this like crazy person? We, we try and label him and put him in these different boxes and categories. And there's still like a, a debate among that, among scholars of like, was he shot? Did he commit suicide? And to kind of pigeonhole him into this, oh, he was this like really innocent person who just had mental struggles and was never appreciated. And his art is this escape. Like, is that true but are there like all these i see this like dark and twisted like cutting off his ear like there's just so many different stories and i think like we often really only simplify that down i appreciate the film also didn't like take a hard stance on it of like for sure this is how he died when it's like well Mm -hmm. historically we don't know and when we try and limit how we see vincent through a historical lens like i don't think that's a positive thing so i liked the ambiguity of it all yeah and there's just a lot of um quotes and and one-liners in it that i really liked no detail of life was too small or too humble for him something we get to gaze upon but don't fully understand and then one of my favorite van gogh lines is the sight of the stars makes me dream vincent's dead his brother theo's dead but there's this 
quest for truth and I love the conversation he has with his father about like I would want a letter from you if you'd written it to me and then died you know I just I don't think it's like the most incredible film but it's one that every time I go back and rewatch I'm like oh this is so good on a technical level and the quality of dialogue as well. I think my favorite parts I love the way light was portrayed, how it mm-hmm. shimmers from the lamps and the stars, mm-hmm. which is how Van Gogh always painted. Totally. Anyways, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I also went to the Beyond Van Gogh exhibit that they had in Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. Um, and it reminded me a lot, just like seeing the paintings come to life. Mm-hmm. Like it was really cool. I'm glad that there's like a, a film version of the exhibit, kind of. Yeah. So like people who can't go to the exhibit, it's a lot it's a lot like this film. Oh, and then I just want to shout out Chris O'Dowd. He was um the postman, mm. the guy's dad. Mm-hmm. He's in the IT crowd. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I didn't know him before the when first we watched, we watched it originally. It, so. That's funny. And I always love Theo. I love Theo in At Eternity's Gate. His brother. Mm-hmm. Any portrayal of this brother, I just, such a good brother. Yeah. Thank you, everyone who submitted. Even if you haven't submitted, we'd still love to read your thoughts. If you've seen Loving Vincent, you can go ahead and email us. So this is from George. Loving Vincent is an astonishing film. The visual impact, originality, and approach to Van Gogh held my rapt attention. I note the attention to detail, the seamless transition uh, between scenes, even the use of the iris, both flower and eye, to make those transitions. The dedication of the filmmakers and the 125 artists and the painstaking but perhaps ultimately enjoyable way each frame was uh, created is incredible. Obviously using Van Gogh's paintings to create the scenes made it a constant visual feast. He said the only unfortunate thing is that it was up against Coco for best animated film, which just makes (laughs) this really ironic. (laughs) Very appropriate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because of how Armand investigated Van Gogh's death and then his life from the memories and viewpoints of the different characters. It was not about who he was, but rather about how he was and is remembered. Rather than try and force the viewer to accept suicide versus accident or sane versus crazy, they paint a portrait, haha, of a complex genius, uh, unrecognized and unappreciated during his own lifetime. A remarkable film that needs to be seen more than once. And this is from Becky. The artwork is such such tribute to Van Gogh's style, which makes it visually appealing. But what I actually liked the most were the black and white flashback scenes. Such a contrast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we talked about kind of like how I interpreted that, but it also was like a nice break in the constancy of the overwhelming. Because Van Gogh's work is really amazing, but it is also like a lot <laughs> yeah. to take in constantly. So it was a, a refreshing break. Catherine said, I enjoyed this movie. It felt like Agatha Christie meets Van Gogh. <laughs> Obviously, the hand-painted element was stunning and really impressive. I loved recognizing his painting as they were recreating them through the movie. That was another thing. This is my comment. I also love doing that. And it's like, it's like a game. And I was at the end when they show off them, I'm like, dang it, I missed mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, back to Catherine. I thought a lot about perspectives in this movie. At first, we got snapshots of who Vincent was from people who knew him. And then about halfway through the movie, finally heard his own words from a letter he had written. At the end, we had an idea of who Vincent was, but so much was still left unknown. I thought about how hard it can be to know yourself, let alone how other people perceive you and what they think of you. How does what someone thinks of you shape you? My favorite character is definitely Dr. M, who recreated someone potentially shooting Vincent. (laughs) He was just such a standout and so 
ebullient. Okay, Gavin, you have to send in words so I can actually read. <laughs> that I know. That's what way, is that word? I don't know. Catherine, the English major over here. The other doctor who treated Vincent was so sketchy to me. Oh yeah, she talked a lot about how she disliked him, but she said, I kept waiting for the big reveal to be that he had shot Vincent. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> historically, no. <laughs> but, um, which is funny because I actually love his main doctor at the end when he, he's talking. Like, I almost wrote about that scene, but just very interesting, different different takes. She goes on to say, I thought the treatment of Vincent's character was interesting as well. I felt it appropriately honored him while still showing he was a complex person. He was victimized, bullied, a genius, a prodigy, depressed, etc. And then this is from Jill. I thought this movie was visually beautiful and I'm amazed at the animation. I wish I were better, better educated about Vincent Van Gogh's painting so I could have appreciated it more, but I knew enough to be impressed by the artistic style. I wasn't as wild by the plot. I had a hard time following who the main guy was and where he was going, and he didn't seem like the kind of guy who would get so invested in delivering a letter and finding out about Van Gogh's last days. I already mentioned that she told me that. (laughs) And I like my movies to be resolved with all the questions answered. But it was still interesting. I would probably give it a four out of five. Wow, thanks. Um, Some of the favorite characters were Armand Roulin, Postman Joe, which I think is that the character you're talking about, right? Who's in... Yeah, his dad. Yeah, um, Doctor M, the Bullet Doctor, Vincent, and Adeline Ravu, which is the girl at the like the like the lodge or the inn. Oh and yeah, she, the because mm-hmm. um, your mom was that saying he, like, like is flirting with all. The yeah, she is so beautiful. Like every time her she character is. is there, I was always like, oh, I just love her. Some favorite scenes: the cafe scene, the end comparison of the paintings versus the scenes. Um, talking with Sersha in the field, the joy and passion of Vincent when he paints, and then any of the raining scenes or happy Vincent scenes. All great scenes. <laughs> Everyone except for one person ranked Fantastic Mr. Fox above Loving Vincent, which I also think I would put Fantastic Mr. Fox over Loving Vincent. So shout out to the one person who liked Loving Vincent more. I forgot who that Does was. Does it tell you who it is? No. Oh my gosh, I went right to it. It was Catherine. Yeah, it was one I've, I've wanted a lot of people to watch, so thank you for giving it a chance, and I hope you enjoyed it, and maybe one day we'll return to it, if you so desire. Speaking of this month, oh, and by the way, please, we might be sending out an email soon about the pins for this one, because Sarah has done an amazing job and created several options, and we can't choose, so we're going to let you decide. I think we'll send you the proofs and you can decide which ones or one you would like so we're making you do the hard decision instead of us <laughs> um so look for that email and hopefully we'll get those pins ordered by the end of this month sorry for the delay but you know it's life it's fine it's only costing you like a dollar but we have found that it is increasingly difficult to watch il postino which is a real shame because I was really excited to watch it, but the the link we put in the last episode does not have English subtitles. So there is a chance we might be able to like divvy out the few copies of Il Postino we have. I want to stick with it. I know it's going to be really difficult, but that just makes it more prestigious if you yeah. do. We will try and make sure everyone who wants to watch it can have access to it before the month is out slash we can delay the discussion of it until like middle of april if we need to Mm -hmm. 
but we will be announcing the next pick in the first episode. So anyway, everyone, thanks for your participation. Keep on March Madnessing on. You took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. Give them a a nice salute as they fall out of the bracket. (laughs) No! All right. (laughs) You shared that story in that movie alphabet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It is literally the only story I have connected to Kung Fu Panda. I'll take it Because I went back to listen to it to make sure... See, Someone that's Prince of Egypt for me, and you kicked it out of the bracket. Just have to it say. just had... I have literally used Beauty and the Beast in Relief Society lessons, so... I literally played Prince of Egypt at for my sacrament meeting musical song. Well, that's a musical song. And I said that I would give a talk on it, and I also actually spoke about it. So, there, competition. <laughs> yeah, I can turn anything into a talk, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's not helping your argument. <laughs> um, I can give a talk about Prince of Egypt too. Again, that's not helping your argument. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just making your argument less cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe for Andrew's prize, we can take him to Menchie's or something. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, shoot, did you hear that? Yeah, I can still hear it. My whole building is shaking. <laughs> so cozy. That's what, that's what Brenda always says when there's thunder. She's like, oh, cozy. Rest in peace, that fox and the hound. Go die in a hole, fox. Oh, my gosh. Aggressive. I'm just still mad about that um, RVL. Oh. Versus Lauren question. I forgot all about it. Can you hear this rain? <laughs> it's so yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it sounds like there's wind in your closet. <laughs> I just want to warn people that there will be a loud alarm in the next clip. You are in no real personal danger. That's another smite. Oh, Is that Frick. your winter weather alert? I have a tornado warning. <laughs> may have to uh, may have to go to an interior room. <laughs> oh, you're not interior? Well, I am. Like, I really hope we don't get a tornado because I can't go to a bottom floor. (laughs) I've been stressing about this for the past week. Just go to Olive Garden. So afraid. Okay. They just want you to be. This is going to be a great blooper. (laughs) (laughs) Ten minutes of tornado stress. Um. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sorry. Jasper has strong feelings about that choice. (laughs) Number Jennifer, seven. Quiet. Oh. <laughs>